especially as women, we can wear different hats. We can have different sort of demographics. We can have different backgrounds, but that togetherness of the differences is how we create wholeness. It's how we learn from each other. It's how we grow with each other, Together, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's how we build self-compassion and how it's, it's how we build compassion for others. It's in the togetherness of our differences, right? Welcome to the Find Your Strong podcast. I'm Jennifer Van Barneveld Pay, president of Strong Fitness Magazine, founder of Team Strong Girls, and fitness coach turned fitness publisher. Each week, I'm going to give you a thought or an interview of how to build stronger bodies, stronger minds, and stronger relationships. Getting to where I am now has been nothing short of a journey of the ultimate highs and the deepest of lows. I've had my fair share of setbacks, near bankruptcy, an eating disorder, and multiple miscarriages. You name it, I lost my way time and time again. But through it all, I uncovered my purpose, which gave me the perseverance to find my strong and stay the course. I've spent more than 15 years coaching women, and I know that fitness is a vessel to help you feel strong, confident, and empowered in your body and your life. If you're looking for inspiration and motivation, you've come to the right place. You are not going to want to miss this. Welcome to the show, Alicia. I am really excited to chat with you today. You were recently featured in the Get Inspired section of Strong, our January and February issue, which is on shelves now. And wow, your story brought tears to my eyes and also a lot of admiration. Uh, I wanted to just start by saying that I admire your strength and also your <laughs> calmness, because as we speak today, you are battling stage four ovarian cancer and you still drive most of your efforts and attention to help other women on their personal journeys, you know, with your book, the meditation pusher, the future we make, and we're going to get into that. Yeah. a little bit later. But before we, we do, I would love to take a deeper look into your own personal health journey, because I think many women listening today will be able to relate to that. Yeah. Jennifer, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's such an honor to be here with you. And I'm so uplifted by just this idea of, you know, finding your strong, like that sentence in and of itself has really resonated with me over the last seven months. Mm. And in terms of my, of my own <laughs> health journey, let's just say I've had to keep finding my strong over the last seven months. And, um, for me, this, this particular part of my journey began in, um, I would say May of 2022. And I, I was feeling off, you know, I mm. just didn't feel quite like myself. I found myself to be very emotional, um, I kept saying something is wrong. I don't know what it is. Something is wrong. I don't know what it is. And um, a friend of mine who's actually a psychiatrist said, you know, when we say that over and over, <laughs> it really means something is wrong. But, you know, as, as a woman and like many women, you know, your life has so many demands that the idea of stopping and taking a day to go to a walk-in clinic or anything to show up and say something like, I don't feel like myself. You can't make time for that in your mind or in your life. And so I kept putting it off. I kept putting it off. And then my left leg swole up to like the size of a tree trunk. 
Oh right down to my toes. Imagine seeing your baby toe as fat as it could possibly be. <laughs> and I thought, okay, something is definitely wrong. I went to a walk-in clinic and I say walk-in clinic because I don't even have a family doctor. I've never been sick. I haven't had a cold in eight years. So I take really good care of myself on a regular basis. So I went to this walk-in clinic and I was basically saying like, I, this leg has swollen up. It's been like this for a few days. I'm embarrassed to say, um, you know, what, what's going on here? And the walk-in clinic doctor said, you know, you might have a blood clot and you should go to ER immediately. And I thought, wow. okay, sure. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> so I went to ER and I was there for six hours. Um, even with a note from the walk-in clinic doctor saying that my situation was urgent, I still waited for six hours. Wow. And they did um, a full, T full CT scan over my whole body and they did blood work. And at that point, the doctor came in and they said, is there a loved one you can call? And I thought like, that's not good <laughs> because I've been, I've been here for six hours and they've given me no indication that I could have someone with me. And now they're asking me to get someone. So my husband came and uh, they returned and they said, well, we found peritoneal carcinoma. And I thought, I've been here for six hours. I haven't eaten anything. I haven't had a glass of water. I have no idea what that means. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Break it down for me. <laughs> yeah. Break it down for me. Yeah. And they said, um, well, it's cancer and you have cancer in your ovaries, in your stomach, in your bones, in your lymph system and in your chest and your neck. And I realized that basically they were telling me that I had cancer all over my body and that it was very far advanced because it had gotten into the lymph system. So it was, it spreads very quickly once it's in the fluid in your body. Right. And so I kind of froze, you know, and I felt like my husband stroking my hair and, you know, just kind of holding me tighter. And then I felt like hot tears running down my face, very slowly, very quietly sobbing. And, you know, the doctor says, we'll give you a moment. And that moment felt like an eternity mm -hmm. because I, you know, it's, it's one thing to go from being someone who hasn't had a cold or a headache or an ache or pain <laughs> in almost a decade to like stage four, be like fully advanced ovarian cancer. And so, um, that has been <laughs> the hallmark of my my last seven months, uh, 2022, really. Um, and as we speak, I am preparing for my seventh cycle of chemo this coming Friday. Mm. And um, right now I'm on the upside. So you get chemo and you are very weak and you're very tired and you start to feel better. And just as you're starting to feel really good, it's time for chemo again. So that's sort of a summary of, of a lot of experiences in a short period of time. But yeah, that's what my health looks like right now. <laughs> you know, I'm looking at you on this Zoom and your skin is vibrant. You look vibrant and beautiful and like you would never, I know you've lost your hair, but you would yeah. never know, like you look healthy. Yeah. And I know that you've had like, even before this, like you've you've had kind of ups and downs with your own health journey. Like, let's yeah. go back 
what is it even further? Yeah. Let's go back even further because you have really, um, made a lot of significant changes in your business and your life. And like, I think this probably was so exaggerated because you were, you were feeling good and healthy leading up to this because of the changes that you made. 100%. Um, and yeah, I think it's, you're right. It's really important to share, you know, we're not just the moments in our lives we're the entirety of our experience. And so if we go back about 10 maybe 15 years, I was in the corporate world and I was doing very well. I was successful and um, not at all happy, but successful. (laughs) And um, I found myself uh, working really long hours. Like I would get up in the morning and have a Red Bull literally to walk to the kitchen to make an espresso right <laughs> and then that caffeine I, start the day off caffeine, right? <laughs> right like you know I had a mini fridge as a night table and that's where the Red Bull was so I wouldn't wow. have to move to get it like I would just kind like of like an IV yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Hook> me up. <laughs> 100% that's the best analogy um and so I would then go have my espresso and I would go work out completely on empty and then I would you know get dressed and get into my day and I would work for 10 to 12 hours nonstop, I wouldn't eat. I would just have more caffeine. And then the evening would come and I would go out for a late dinner and it would probably be like a big dinner. And um, I would repeat that day in and day out. And you're so far removed from yourself when you are uh, sort of living through caffeine or living through outside stimuli that you, you don't even know when things are wrong with you. Mm. And so my body decided one day to take me out. As I always say, my body was like enough of this, right? We're not doing this anymore. And I found myself um, in so much pain. I didn't know why back to ER. And when I got there, they didn't know why I was in so much pain either. And I remained in the hospital for a whole week. I was on, I had some kind of infection, some kind of growth, but they weren't really sure what was causing it or how it all went together. So I was in the hospital for a week on uh, IV, this is a popular word now, um, <laughs> IV. <laughs> and then I was just sent home. And I went back to my life. I went back to doing things exactly the way I had done them. A year later, Jennifer, exactly the same thing happened. Wow. But this time I had a different doctor. And this doctor was uh, the kind of doctor that said, well, we're going to take a look inside and see what's going on with you. I had a laparoscopy and he came back to me and he just said, listen, um, you're going to be okay, but you need to change your whole life. And I thought, uh, (laughs) that doesn't sound okay. (laughs) Right. Because changing my whole life, I asked like, what does that mean? You know? And he said, well, you know, any stress or toxicity in your life needs to change. And for me at that time, that was everything. The way I ate, the way I moved my body, the relationship I was in, some of the friendships I had, I realized that all key aspects of my life, key areas of my life were toxic and negative and like very low frequency. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I wouldn't have said the term low frequency, but with what I, I've learned since, I would say really low frequency. So I broke up with uh, a boyfriend that I had for 10 years. I ended several friendships. I quit my job. I was a successful uh, real estate agent in the luxury market. I stopped everything because I didn't know where to start. And 
I took a year off to try and figure things out. And boy, was that hard. (laughs) You listened though. Like you listened, your body was giving you, it was a symptom of everything that was going on within your life. And you listened. And I, I wanted to talk about this because I, have coached a ton of women who are, were in the same position as you. They're in the corporate world and then they start to take better care of their health. And they're like, I know this isn't good for me anymore. And they yeah. make that switch. And it's so hard. It's like, so it hard. uproots your entire life. And it's another thing they have to deal with and go through, but they know that once they get to the other side, like it's better for them in the end. Yeah. Um, and you, you would mention, I read your story and you, and you did you take off to France or did you get a job? Well, that's part, that's part two. That's <laughs> part two. But I think what we're talking about though, is this idea that you kind of have to sacrifice who you are, for mm-hmm. who you might become. Right. And even if you don't have a vision of who that person is, you have to have enough trust and faith in yourself to be able to take that leap. And at the time, it wasn't trust and faith that motivated me. It was actually fear. Like, I just didn't Mm -hmm. want to continue on this cycle again. So I took a year off. I started doing yoga. I started doing meditation. I started um, pursuing modalities that were slower and easier. I totally changed the way I ate. Um, Like, I quit caffeine cold turkey, which... I'm sure anybody listening to go from Red Bulls and espresso all day to nothing. Um, <laughs> How bad was your headache for oh the week? <laughs> I had a migraine like for two months, like it would not wow. go away. And then I, after that year where I was, I felt like I found my footing, I felt healthier and brighter and stronger. I got a job in Paris. Wow. And I was so excited. I'd always wanted to live and work in Paris, but I, an espresso the moment I landed <laughs> after a year of not because <laughs> it's everywhere that, right yeah like you're, you're up there's espresso so everywhere good, right and then of course the jet lag right like I naturally mm-hmm. had to get rid of the jet lag <laughs> and so I found myself on the same path again mm. very like almost instantly right and I was working 18 hour days you're thinking and speaking and thinking in one language speaking in another it is exhausting And my old friend, Caffeine, was right there for me, right? And then I realized after about three months that I had completely abandoned all the health and joy and groundedness that I had built because I I reverted back. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. And I'm sure you know this with your clients and, and, and probably your own personal journey. Like we make all these grand strides, but sometimes we have to pull back. We go back a few steps. And we think, oh my God, like, did I really make that change? Did I really have those improvements? And you realize that like, oh, I'm being tested right now. Mm -hmm. I'm being tested between who I was and who I want to be and and to whom is my commitment bigger, right? And so (laughs) I did stay in Paris for another year, but I started to find my health there. I started running. I started... uh, a holistic nutrition course, just to give my brain another focus. Um, it was very hard to find yoga there at the time. So I just did what I could online. And after about, I'd say 10 or 12 months, I was ready to come home. I didn't want to do it anymore. I wanted to return to the version of the life that I had created. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I love how you say it's like a test. Yeah. I love that because it's all part of the journey, right? And when we recognize it, that it's just a test, we give ourselves permission that we can get back there or we can get back there and and actually be better. Yeah. Right. Whereas a lot of people's mindset can be like, okay, I'm not, I didn't stick with it. And so I'm going to sit in this and beat myself up about it and give up on ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? Like we give up on ourselves. And what I always say to people is that like, we forget that resilience is self-compassion. We think resilience is this thing about being hard and tough and I can take anything. And and that is part of it. But if it's not rooted in self-compassion, it's not sustainable. So when we do fall back a little bit, we have to be able to say, oh, how very human of me, Mm -hmm. right? So that we can return to ourselves and keep moving forward, you know? And I, <laughs> I laugh because I think about, um, you know, the work that you do and, and, and coaching women with their bodies. And I think I, I'm probably a woman, a woman who coaches women with their minds and mm-hmm. we need both, right? Like, both. I think there's this idea that it's one or the other. We're in this like really strange time where everything is either or. And I think what you do a really great job of is reminding people that it's everything. It's both. It's all right. And women need to hear that and feel that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It is, it is definitely both at the same time. And mm-hmm. it's funny that you say that. And, you know, um, I, I, when I, when I did my marketing and when I'm marketing to people, it's like, I want to get them in as fast as possible. And sometimes that is leading with the body first, because women yeah. let's, like we're, we can be vain. We can want yeah. things, but as soon as they're in the door, we are coaching mm-hmm. on mindset. We are coaching. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. 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 It It is really both. And, and your mindset is going to help you sustain and keep the lifestyle up. Yeah. And I think that like this welcoming attitude, because, you know, I remember when I started teaching yoga, you know, there's this kind of weird energy where people say, you know, where people look differently at people who say, oh, I'm doing yoga to get a perky butt, let's say, right? Like I want my butt to be perky. Mm -hmm. And for Mm -hmm. me, I really believe like, however you come to the practice, whichever practice you choose, that's fine. Yeah. It's like, it's just putting your foot in the door. There's Mm -hmm. no judgment there. All are welcome. All reasons are welcome. Mm -hmm. What matters is that you're here and that you showed up, right? And I think that we are in this, again, this sort of divisive time where people are like, I believe this, I'm in this camp, I'm in this tribe. And I'm, and I'm, I'm kind of like, you know what, especially as women, we can wear different hats. We can have different sort of demographics. We can have different backgrounds, but that togetherness of the differences is how we create wholeness. It's how we learn from each other. It's how we grow for, for like grow with each other. Right. Yeah. And that's how we build self-compassion and how it's, it's how we build compassion for others. It's in the togetherness of our differences. Right. Yeah. I wholeheartedly. (laughs) I do. Yeah. 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 How has being diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer directed your path and your purpose? Wow. That's a, a beautiful question. And one, I think I've had to sort of let the reasons change organically every day. Mm -hmm. You know, one of this, 
one of the things at the beginning of this process, because of my own mindset prior to getting into this was, how do I find the lesson in this? What's the lesson in this? And I was putting pressure on myself to find the lesson <laughs> in having cancer. And I realized there's no lesson just yet. Mm -hmm. Let's get through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of my purpose, now that I'm sort of after six months in, I'm realizing that my personal purpose was to just flow through it and get through it with an energy of E. But my greater purpose, I believe, with my work and sort of this new chapter in my life is to continue to share that everything is possible when you cultivate your inner resources. Mm. Everything is possible. Everything is manageable. And whether that be a reminder just to myself on a difficult day, or a reminder to my students or something I post on Instagram. I really, really want people, women especially, to know that everything is possible. And it doesn't mean that you get diagnosed with cancer and you're supposed to be like with the perfect mindset and like, I'm, I'm gonna hit the ground running on this. It means that you allow yourself the grace of your full experience so that you can have the best possible and when I say best possible, I really mean the best possible experience within yourself. And at first, it's not going to feel like a lesson. It will feel like a test. And let that testing go as long as it needs to go. And in time, with the peace and the grace that you hold around the test, like that container, it can become a lesson. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I just want women to know again and again that everything is possible, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're facing, everything is possible. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to interrupt the show because I have to share one of my most favorite pieces of home equipment slash travel equipment. And if you love to work out as much as I do, then you're going to want to check out Max Pro Fitness. This is so awesome. If you're following me on IG, coach underscore JVB, you will see some of the videos I posted with the MaxFit Pro. It's a full cable system that folds up into a backpack and you can legit bring it anywhere or pull it out like it's so easily stored and for all my fellow strong women out there there are 50 resistance settings from five pounds all the way up to 300 pounds at the turn of a dial and the entire system only weighs 10 pounds I love it so much that I have partnered with them to offer you guys a hundred dollars off your purchase so I'm going to include the link in the show notes. Be sure to check it out and you're going to save $100 off the full cable system that folds up into a backpack. Oh my God, guys, you are going to love it. I hope you take me up on this opportunity because you are not going to be disappointed. If somebody is going through something and they might feel like life is pulling at them, you know, they're in a job, they're not happy. Um, you really, you, you, your book is about meditation. And would you suggest that they, I know everybody's journey is unique, but like if somebody mm -hmm. is really struggling listening right now, mm -hmm. how would you advise them to like get a little peace within their day? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and one I'm commonly asked in the sense that everybody's looking for that peace. Like, how do I find my peace? But specifically when you're in the mud, I would say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
I just encourage people to just find some time to take 10 deep breaths in silence. It's a tiny, tiny practice, but it offers you so much. And the reason I say something as simple as that is because, yeah, I'd love to say, why don't you meditate? <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. biased, <laughs> but we all have to start somewhere, right? Like sometimes just like with health journeys, we know that some, some people just need to be told, drink one extra glass of water a day. And that feels like enough for them to start because what 10 deep breaths give you is one, you're committing to yourself and you're committing to your peace. Two, it gives you access to your own stillness. So the world around you can be in flux. You could be getting pushed and pulled. But if you pause for a moment and lean into 10 deep breaths, you take some of that power back because you're grounding yourself, right? You're not, you're not able to be pushed over. Maybe a little nudge, but nobody can push you over and nobody can pull you in their direction, right? And so you get that grounding and what you also do is you get to slow down your mind just long enough to reset your thinking, right? So that's a pause that creates access and that creates a reset. And sometimes that's all you need. And when you're in the practice of giving yourself that peace, giving yourself that self-care, you'd be surprised at the cumulative effect of doing that each day and doing it a few times a day as needed. Because over time, because let's face it, the world is going to keep pushing and pulling. <laughs> we don't get away from that, especially if we've got kids and big responsibilities and, and so on and so forth. But what we can do is take ownership of how we're experiencing our interior life, mm. right? So that we're not negotiating our value with the outside world. It's something that we're doing within. And when we're doing it within, we know that we are high in our worth. Mm. right and so from a place of worthiness from a place of feeling like we're enough which is given to you by those 10 deep breaths you can begin again and that's what's this most special thing the reminder that we can begin again yeah I love that and it's yeah. something everybody can do right now yes oh thank you for saying that mm -hmm. because I wish people understood that we absolutely do not need anything outside of ourselves to find peace. If you make your peace conditional, you are always, always, always going to be fluctuating. But if you understand that your peace is something that you can generate from within, you can imagine that you become the center of your life again, rather than something that's getting knocked around yeah. different areas of your life. You become the center, you become the nucleus, right? You become the sun in your own life or the moon, whichever one feels better for you, right? Yeah, like so a it's reminder really, that, sorry, yeah, just no, a reminder no. that you're in, in control. You still Absolutely. have control. Right, your breath gives you back your sovereignty, right? It's like when you're very, very stressed, you hold your breath, right? Or you, breathe, you engage in shallow breathing, right? So your physical body is having an experience and then through the shallow breathing or through holding your breath, you create anxiety. And then when you create anxiety, you hold your breath even more and you, mm. your breathing becomes even more shallow. So you get in this cyclical overwhelm, right? When you pause and you say, I need to take a deep breath. Maybe it's just one, maybe it's three or 10, right? You're reminding yourself that no, actually I'm in charge. I have sovereignty in my life. I am the most powerful person in my life at any given moment. 
and my breath invites me back to that knowing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How are you managing the challenges presented right now? It changes day to day. Mm -hmm. I will say that I was doing really, really well uh, managing things just with my practice until my surgery. When I had my surgery, they, I had a full uh, total abdominal hysterectomy, so they take everything. And I also had a partial momentum, so they removed part of my stomach because that's where the, uh, the tumors were in my stomach. Nobody told me about the grief mm. that accompanies a hysterectomy for women. And when I tell you the, the level of weeping <laughs> that I have experienced since October the 24th is is unbelievable. I would say that I'm a bit better now, but initially I just couldn't get out from under the sadness and the grief. And, you know, it, it wasn't for me about not having kids or anything like that. I had been told a long time ago that I couldn't have kids and I have two beautiful stepdaughters who really nourish my heart. But I think when you think about your reproductive system, what it symbolizes, because we think about it just for childbirth, but it is also the root of our ambition. It's mm -hmm. also the root of our, our of so much of our energy, right? And to have that physically removed and to leap into menopause, right? Menopause is something that's supposed to come on gradually. That's how we're designed. But once you have a hysterectomy, you're kicked into menopause within, I'd say, two weeks. Oh. Yeah. And so you're dealing with the grief of the surgery and you're dealing with the grief of immediate onset of menopause, right? And also cancer, right? Knowing that you've had cancer. And so as someone who has dealt with depression in the past, I really, really had to remember my practices and why I had those practices and why doing the practices daily helped hold me steady, right? We think that we wait for pain sometimes as a signal of for change, right? To do things differently or to do things better. And my best advice for any woman at any time is find your practices, do them every day so that when the challenges arise, you have something to lean on. You have a foundation to build on, to cope, to guide you through. These practices like working out or meditation or yoga, they are not just about feeling good or being calm. They're there to help you get through the challenges that rise in our lives, right? And sometimes it's just a challenge to get out of bed every morning. Mm -hmm. Like, let's be honest with that. Like, that's something too. You don't need to have the, <laughs> the stacked on pile of things that I'm dealing with, right? Like, I think it's important and fair to say that like just getting up in the morning can sometimes feel like a challenge. And knowing that you can lean into a few deep breaths. And then once you have that, move into some kind of movement practice, whether it be a full workout or yoga, right? But to have your practices with you every day, to reinforce your self-care, really, <laughs> I can't stress this enough, when shit hits the fan, like, excuse my French, but I, I feel like I've earned the right to say when shit hits the fan, right? <laughs> you do. You do. <laughs> Those practices, that's when they really show up. You know, and I think like you, that's what we're always trying to teach people. We're trying to teach people that your practices, your training, whatever it looks like, whatever it, whatever resonates for you, they're there to keep you strong, 
to help maintain that strength so that when stuff happens, you're prepared, you're ready. You know, you're not knocked off <laughs> course. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I call it my routine. It's the yeah. same. Like, yeah, absolutely. Practice, it but yeah, it's, um, you know, sometimes if you're hit with something, you don't feel like doing the routine, but then the next day you do it because it is so yeah. much a part of you. Yeah. And yeah. it does. It carries you through everything. It really, really, really does. And I like that yours is called routine. Like, I think it's important that people name it what feels good for them. Mm -hmm. Routine, practice, ritual, mm -hmm. you know, habit, whatever. I do not judge the words that people use. <laughs> me, <laughs> that me either. <laughs> that resonate with them. And I think it's also important to say that, like, depending on what you're going through, there's different versions of your practice. It doesn't have to be a fixed thing. Like, mm. you know, prior to all this, my meditation practice was 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. When all of this started, it very quickly became, I just need to be able to do 10 deep breaths. Yeah. I just need like moment, like that's, that felt like a lot and it was also enough. Right. And I'm sure like with fitness, like some days it's a hit training day and some days it's like, I'm doing deep stretching. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you got to yeah. listen to your body and you got to listen to yeah. your mind too, right? Like you have Absolutely. to You have to be in tune through self-care and through, you know, whatever it is, meditation, mm -hmm. um, working out. Like mm -hmm. it teaches you how to really listen inside, listen to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And your voice I always say this like we don't realize that our voice has often been suppressed as women, mm. you know, from when we're little girls and, you know, we were, you know, we're being told to hug that person and we're like, I don't want to hug the person. And your oh. parents like hug them, right? No, hug them. Don't be rude. Hug them. That's the beginning, right? Like that's the yeah. beginning of us thinking our, our voice isn't the most important, right? Oh gosh, I've done that before with my own kids. <laughs> Listen, we've all done it, right? It's not, it's not, we don't think about it through yeah. that lens, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, as we get older and we reflect back, we start to think like, when was the first time I was told that what I clearly stated I wanted wasn't as important as what was wanted for me, mm. right? And this is no judgment on any parent anywhere. We have all done it. My parents did it to me. I'm sure there's been times where I've done it to my stepdaughters and they'll yeah. tell you things, right? <laughs> but the point is that, you know, when you think about that, that first time, it starts to become a thing, right? We start to then, and we go into relationships and then, yeah. you know, our partners tell us things like, well, no, you don't need to do that now. I want to do this right? Yeah. And then get into the workplace and a coworker says, oh no, we don't need to eat lunch. We need to work through. And you're like, actually, no, I really need to eat. Right. Yeah. Like, like I'm there's hungry. Just so many, right. Like there's just so many versions of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And what having a strong practice does or a strong routine does is it reminds you that your voice first matters, that you're committed to your own voice. And that even when your voice is a whisper, it can still be the loudest voice for you. Mm. And that's all that matters. Right. So we're claiming that back through our practice. Okay. Yeah. What prompted you to write and publish your first book, Meditation oh. Pusher, The Future We <laughs> Yeah. Volume zero one. one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I love that. The details. Yeah. I love that, Jennifer. Thank you. <laughs> I I mean, it's two reasons. I, I hate to say this, but I thought I was going to die. 
like that's that's my reality like I I thought I was going to die and I wanted to leave something behind Mm. that somehow captured um what I had hoped to teach in my brief time here on earth and I was terrified of my surgery because it was it's a it was a major surgery and I I've never I'd never been cut open before, right? Yeah. Uh, never mind having things removed, but mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I wanted to, after years of being told that I should put my writing into something that was accessible and easy for people, by the grace of God, I pulled it together before my surgery. Mm-hmm. And I wanted it to be part of my legacy, but also something that a woman could, or a person could open up at any given time and find something that resonated with their hearts and also reminded them of their power, right? Because that's all I'm ever trying to do when I teach is just remind women of their power. I don't, I'm not interested in being a a guru or any of those strange things. I just want to be a messenger for what's possible for you, Mm. you know? And that's what the book was, a, a, a tangible teaching if you will I love that I can't wait to to read it um and I'm all about women stepping into their power we 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 only live one life from what we know right and 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 we should be doing the things we want to do yeah and we shouldn't be waiting yeah for the lens of mortality Mm. to remind us of Mm. that right like you know, I, before this, I always used to say, we shouldn't wait for pain as a signal to change. But now for me, everything I do is viewed through the lens of mortality, because the reality is, I don't know what my future holds still. Mm -hmm. Um, The recurrence, the likelihood of recurrence of this type of cancer is 90 to 95%. And so while I've gone through so much of this process, right? there's still a long way to go. There's still a journey ahead of me. But what I, I give myself comfort with is that, you know, I don't know if I've defied the odds as yet, but I do know that I've defied expectation. And that is something that each of us can do every day. We can defy expectations, right? The odds are going to be what they will. Yeah. But if we engage with our practice, if we engage with meaning and purpose and discipline, And also presence, like really being present for the joy and the love that exists in our lives. We can continue to defy expectation. Mm. And my hope is that through that and with time, we also get to defy the odds. Yeah. How else are you helping women um, currently right now? Like, do you still Mm. do yoga classes or working with women one-on-one? So I... um, I've taken formally taken some time off, but I do offer um, once a month, I'll offer a class, like a workshop. We talk about meditation. We talk about um, just things like anxiety or or my journey or other people's journeys. I'm also um, in about a month or so, I thought it would be this month, but I have to manage my own expectations yeah. at this point. <laughs> um, hopefully next month I'll be la- launching a, a membership community. Mm. Um, very, a very accessible one. It'll be around $10 a month. And in it, you will find all my teachings. You'll find meditations. You'll find um, some more of my writing, but you'll also find uh, yoga and movement. And what I'm trying to do with this space is 
just offer something that people can come to without having to clear through the noise of social media platforms or, you know, they know that I'm a safe space. They know mm -hmm. I'm a place where they can find peace and stillness. And um, my hope is that by offering this community, not only will you find community with me and other women, but you will find communion within yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I'm, I'm working on now. Um, and I'm hoping it'll be out in February, but for the most part, I am best reached through Instagram at meditation pusher and also, um, in my newsletter, that's where I announce everything. That's where I announce my public classes and everything. We have a very strong community through the newsletter. So yeah. Incredible. And I'll include all of your links on how to connect with you in the show notes. And if you have a link to your book as well, I'll include that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. I will send all of that to you as well as uh, the headshot. Headshot. I saw that that was a request as well. Yeah. So I'll get that to you. <laughs> Probably get on that, Alicia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been yeah. such a pleasure chatting with you today. And I, I want to continue this relationship. I think you're mm. just such a bright light. And um, Thank you, Jennifer. If, Thank you all of you the listeners today um definitely pick up the january and february issue of strong and read alicia's story it's powerful yeah um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule i really appreciate you and we'll chat soon thank you jennifer thanks for having me and that's a wrap on another episode guys thank you so much for spending this time with me I just love being able to share these strong stories and thoughts with you, and I hope you were able to take away a piece of inspiration from today. If there's one favor I could ask, please keep sharing, post a screenshot, share a direct link with a friend, or post a review, and help spread the word so more people can tune in and find their strong. And if you ever wanted to subscribe to our Strong Fitness Magazine and get the physical copy mailed to your doorstep for more inspiration and motivation, I will include the link in the show notes and please feel free to use my Strong Girl 3 discount code to save. Guys, I cannot wait for the next show. I'm Jennifer Van Barnabelle Pay. Take care and stay strong.